Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. If you want to donate and help us spread the word and increase our reach around the world to more radio stations, to more radio networks, to more internet uh, opportunities and platforms that we can use your financial support libertyroundtable.com donate liberally it's the only time we believe in liberalism welcome to the broadcast yesterday's show it was a freedom love and faith-filled fantastic friday we talked to dr scott bradley both hours freedomsrisingsun.com is an incredible website we talked about the house of representatives voted to pass a final version of i call it the disrespect for marriage act which requires states to require same-sex marriages and perverted marriages of other states. 39 Republicans joined to sell us down the river with 218 Democrats. It's a tragic reality, folks. We also talked about a dead Democrat won his election. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, his name was Tony DeLuca. And uh, he was the state's longest-serving representative who died just before the election. And I guess the law says that you can't update or change the ballot at that point. So he got elected. The problem that I have with that is it's election fraud. Uh, The law helps whatever party's in power. Because what happens is when a dead person wins, then what do you do? And, uh, well, then somebody uh, skips the voting process in that case. How convenient. Uh, and then they appoint somebody or whatever they do, and it's an interim, and then they have an election later, but now you're facing an incumbent, and it's a disaster, folks. There's better ways to deal with that. Now, we also then went crazy. Joe Biden, psychotic, traded the WNBA star, Brittany Griner. Uh, she was released in exchange for a notorious arms dealer, a guy by the name of Victor Bout, also known as the, quote, merchant of death. He's an international terrorist, and he's an arms international arms dealer as well. Uh, and it's just a tragic deal. Now, I'm sure that Britney's friends and Britney's family are happy Britney's released, and I get it. Uh, but you know what? Why are we dealing with the Russians like that in the first place, in the middle of a so-called war? I know they claim we're not at war, or we are, well, we're funding war, but we're not at war, but... See, you got these fiascos going on, but yet we'll trade with the Russians, but yet, hey, we'll let them get medicine and food and different things. And, you know, it's kind of like a a war to the public, but behind the scenes, it's not really a war. Uh, Anyway, long story short, we left a Marine there who we should really be going after. What message does that send to the military? It sends a message that, you know, we'll leave you behind and we'll get a WNBA star (laughs) out. Uh, It was a Joe Biden's, in my opinion, um, what scoring granny points with the feminists or whatever 
brownie points with anyway i don't mean to attack Brittany. um she's done nothing to me but i just don't understand why we would leave our military there uh and you know etc plus dealing with this country you know why are we even going over there in the first place if it's that dangerous for Brittany, you could say well she had some drugs sam i, I understand but when that happens in my opinion it's a minor enough offense it's not like it was a hardcore drug. It's not like she was dealing in the country or anything of the sort. So why go after her? Uh, it was a political agenda. Okay, they were pretty smart. They got back their drug or their arms dealer. We literally looked like fools. What a disgrace. Second hour, we had on an incredible guest, Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley had the opportunity to interview Nan Su. And Nan Su is an investigative reporter and senior Asia correspondent for TheEpicTimes.com. It was a blockbuster interview, if I do say so myself. Nan explains the latest moves by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, talking about how they're kind of backing off the coronavirus thing, uh, but yet a lot of people died in this fire, and uh, it's all kind of tied together. And we talked about the authorities in China are using the country's, quote, all-seeing surveillance apparatus to find those bold enough to, quote, defy them. And we compared that to what's happening in America, and Nan Su says it's not even comparable. And I believe Nan's right, but Dr. Scott Bradley and I documented how we are working on following the communist Chinese into this police state mentality. China is using big data to create a social credit score on all of their citizens, and they're working on that in America. This ESG stuff is disaster. Uh, we talked about these human rights organizations. Uh, it's called um, Safeguard Defenders, is I think the name of the group. It reveals how there's 102 communist Chinese police stations around the world, and four of them exist in America now. Why would we allow communist Chinese police stations to run around the world and in our country, first of all? It's disaster. Believe it or not, China is establishing, quote, economic beachheads all over America. Believe it or not, they have facilities in 26 states, and they employ tens of thousands of Americans. And I guess the problem is, you know, these economic beachheads aren't quite police stations, but when you've got police stations and economic beachheads in America, they're fixing to try to take over the world, ladies and gentlemen, using the economy as their turnkey idea. You say, what do you talk? Look, folks, 20 years ago almost, uh, or maybe even a little bit longer, uh, China talked about in the L.A. Times exercising the, quote, nuclear option. And that nuclear option, ladies and gentlemen, meant financial, not literally nukes. Okay, And they believe that they can bring America to its knees because of the debt that we have with the communist nation. Sadly, with our dishonest money going on for well over 100 years, jettisoning constitutional currency, they're probably right. Meanwhile, Chinese spying in the United States is at an all-time high. It has now become so, quote, widespread that the FBI is launching an average of two, quote, counterintelligence investigations a day now to counter the onslaught. FBI Director Christopher Wray claims. Wow. We find out, though, that the FBI is in bed with the communist Chinese because Greg Phillips and um, Catherine Engelbrecht literally tried to get the FBI to help them stop us from storing election data on communist Chinese servers via Connex, the company, 
and via Eugene Yu. And they mocked us and laughed at us. We proved it was true. Eugene Yu got arrested. Now they don't mock us too hard, except for they just kind of say, oh, is it really true? But the evidence is there. Uh, and now we find out, hey, we're being played by the communist Chinese, and our government's in bed with them. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to touch the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandals, but that ties directly, in addition to the Connex tie, in addition to these police station ties, in addition to, I mean, can I keep going on? Folks, we are selling ourselves out from within. We are caving to the communist Chinese to our detriment. Beware, be ready. Wow, there you have it. All right, our guest today, Mr. Chris Carlson. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carl, for duty, sir. All right, you want to comment on any of the uh, previous summary news? Um, yes. So I remember hearing Scott Bradley, uh, when you were interviewing Man Sue yesterday, say that, well, we have some of the same uh, espionage, uh, internal espionage issues here in America. And Nan Sue seemed to push back on that. He said, well, we still have the vote. Well, <laughs> we really don't have that. But I, I agree more with Scott in his commentary yesterday than Nan Sue. I mean, Nan Sue obviously believes that we're a lot more free, and he's probably right. We do have a lot more freedoms and prosperity here. But the trend so line let's, does not let's be clear, though. Let's be clear about the discussion. I don't think Nan Su is pushing back saying Scott's not right. I think Nan Su's yeah. point is, yes, America's far down that road, and it's a problem. However, Nan Su is merely saying that, hey, China is 100, you know, a thousand times worse. So, yes, America's yeah. going down that road, and yes, it's bad, and yes, everything you point to is a problem. But let's be clear, it's not comparable uh, in terms of uh, the abuse. And I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm on the radio. Yesterday, I was on with Scott and, and Nan Sue. Today, I'm on with you. And I can literally say anything I want. And I'm not dead yet, and I haven't disappeared yet. And I, so, But in China, I'd be gone in a second. And that's Nan's point, yes. that, you know what, we have no. problems, and we're certainly going down that road. That's not debatable. And we're going down that road, like, at wicked fast speed. You know, 90 mile north, kind of an idea. Right. We're going crazy. But we're not even close to as abusive as the communist Chinese yet. And I think no, that's kind of no, Nan's point. So I think Scott and Nan are both correct uh, when you look at it from the different perspectives and the comparatives being made. Chris? Good. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, and I'm kind of right where you are on that as, as well, Sam. I agree. Because we do still have the means, and we still do have the, the history and the tradition of freedom. Uh, it may be dimming in our hearts and in our minds, but it's still there. Our history is still there. They haven't completely eradicated it as they did with the Chinese, because I remember bringing some Chinese uh, foreign exchange students over, and they told us specifically, you cannot show them anything or discuss anything politically with them. So what was the first thing I did when they got here, Sam? I, I Talk politics. Uh, well, uh, not only did I do that, I brought up videos um, from the um, from the uh, uh, the math uh, I'll continue. Uh, sorry, I'll collect my thoughts, and we'll continue that thought on the other side of the break. Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term 
large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. All right, back with you live. We're talking about the incredible interview with um, Nan Su, Dr. Scott Bradley and I, talking about the communist nation of China. And the point is that, hey, we're not near as bad as China, but we're getting there. And I compared, really quick, uh, Chris, to, to let you continue your comments, I compared Tiananmen Square uh, and some of the abuses that are going on right now as people protest in China, COVID lockdowns, etc. I compared that to Charlottesville in the United States on January the 6th. We are getting very close and seeing smatterings of the same thing the communist Chinese are doing. It's not as bad in America, but we're certainly headed down the same road. We're and just we a lot of mile have, markers behind, Chris. Yeah, we still have access to that information. Uh, we have access to, uh, you know, I mean, Scott Bradley's uh, to preserve a nation information on, you know, our founding fathers and their winning the Revolutionary War against the most powerful nation in the world at that time, Great Britain. What, uh, yeah, Tiananmen Square was the, the um, event that I, I had had a temporary lapse of memory on last segment. But, uh, yeah, so they said, you know, please don't discuss political matters with these Chinese foreign exchange students. So the first thing that we did when we got home was we, we went on YouTube and I showed them um, video images from Tiananmen Square, and they, they looked at it like, you're kidding me. This happened in 1989 in my own country. And I said, yeah, you need to be aware of this. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't tell any authorities about what we But I thought that was important to know their own history, even if it was just a glimpse. And they've probably forgotten about it by now anyway. And, uh, you know, we still have, have that information. We have our history of opposing tyrants and tyranny. And that is still bright in the minds and the hearts of, of most people that I know who are of conservative, uh, who are of a conservative mind. 
So yeah, there is still hope, and and Nancy and there, is there's correct. There's a few things. There's a few things to note too. I think that are important, and this is in the interview yesterday as well. If you want to check it out, libertyroundtable.com. The um, we in America have the supreme law of our land, and I know people are going to say, "Hey, it's dead and everything else." We're going to talk about that coming up, but I'm telling you that we have the seeds of solutions in our form of government. Still, we don't have to uh, have a mass exodus or a civil war, uh, or a secede from the union, or a constitutional convention, or we don't need any of those extreme measures. Because if the American people got involved enough, we could use the checks and balances to call a halt to their con game right away. They cannot do that in China. There's nowhere forward for them. And so we need to be very clear about, you know what, we still can make a difference. Yes, we're far down the road, and yes, it's problematic. I get it, but there's a big difference. Uh, in the form of governments, and the way, look, the communist Chinese will just track you down, kill you, take you out, make you disappear. Some of that's happening in America, but not near to the level. The FBI is certainly wanting for that agenda, uh, but we can stop them. We have the seeds for solutions. I want to be very clear about that. Yes. Um, but you know what? When we're betrayed from the inside, that's the biggest worry. I'm not as worried about the communist Chinese as much as I am worried about being betrayed from the inside. So you have a headline to start this out, Chris. Nowhere to turn, nowhere to hide. We're being betrayed on every side, Chris. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of a, a clever little jingle that I put together. And we are. And, and what I meant by that specifically in this uh, edition of Liberty Roundtable, Sam, is that uh, we can no longer depend on the Republican establishment to save us. In Joel Skousen, in his World Affairs Brief, I know I go to that a lot because it's very – informative and enlightening and hard-hitting uh and you know we can go to that now or we go to that later but he basically uh outlines how in so many ways we are being betrayed by those who are supposed to be the good guys and who 22 years ago sam i thought were the good guys but uh i i didn't leave the republican party 22 years ago i recognized that they had actually left me and amen to that and and let's talk about this kind of idea that you're mentioning about you know hey there's hard hitting there's levels of understanding and this is kind of one of the things that i'm really learning after being in this media business for more than 25 years uh, and being uh, involved in liberty more than 30 years i am convinced more than ever um that you know what the reason that the conservatives are not successful is they don't work together on issues and what happens is based on your level of understanding and education about a given topic Uh, The more educated you are, the more you want to jettison those who aren't with you. And I think that's a big, big, big mistake. And I'll give you an example where I learned this. There's this Liberty Village that they're creating in in, uh, basically in the St. George area in Utah. It's actually in a place called Hurricane, or Hurricane, as some would say. Um, And it's a great, great project. It's probably a $50 million project. They've raised over $10 million already. And it is an educational opportunity where they're building uh, like buildings of the founding fathers and places and, and historical realities. They're building this whole campus for education where thousands of people and students and will be able to come through and learn about America and learn about our history and learn about. And, you know, I'm a hard hitting guy. And at first I'm just like, you know what, why do we want to spend millions on that? That's my first initial response. Hey, we could use it for media. We could use it for this. We could use it for that. We could. But I err in my judgment. And the reason I say that is because people come and learn. 
and everybody's at a different spot in their knowledge base. And so I usually joke that, hey, people first off started with Rush Limbaugh, and then they graduated to Glenn Beck, and then they graduated to talk shows like ours, because it's an understanding ladder, right? The education, you got to unlearn all that you thought you knew, then relearn it. But I've now kind of changed my mind and said, you know what? I'm not working against Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh. I don't need to be at odds with even, say, Gary Herbert, former governor, or even um, Spencer Cox, our current governor now. I can disagree with them on some issues. I can call them out when I think they're wrong, kindly and gently, but but clearly on the educational points. But you know what? What if, for example, I'm involved in that uh, Liberty Village, and what if some people who aren't near as constitutional as I am? In fact, I think they break the Constitution all the time, but yet they care. They want to bring people to education, too. You know what? Maybe they're learning. Maybe they're growing. And so this understanding, I think, is critical, uh, Chris, as we start this conversation to understand who's who. When is someone your friend versus when are they really your enemy? Right. Um, Is the George Bushes of the world, are they your enemy or are they just not educated and just not very wise? How about Donald Trump? How about Elon Musk? How about all these people? And I guess I'm saying that no matter what, I can bring them to a place, let them learn, have them feel the spirit of liberty, and hopefully they will trend towards freedom. And I look at that and I say, even the, the folks that have created some of these movies, uh, about the tyrannical state. You know, some of those guys were liberals. But yet now they've turned conservative. And so when do people have their awakening moments? When do people gain grip? It's not for me to judge. But I look at that and I say, hey, you know, even though it's millions and millions and millions of dollars, if we can get a lot of people who only partially agree with us or who think we're too extreme right now to put millions of dollars into a liberty project, how far along can it bring them? And that's really a very interesting question to contemplate. How far along can we bring people and Can we take them from where they are to a more American view, to a more of a constitutional view, to more of a liberty uh, framework or liberty mindset? And if so, how much value does that have to bring them along? Even if I think they're a minus 1,000 and they go to a minus 500, is that progress? Well, some could be critical and say, not enough, it's not worth it. I might say, though, you know what? I'm not so sure. Because over time, do we swing slowly but surely more and more and more constitutional, more and more and more conservative? And yes, our enemies go more and more extreme the other way. But who's going to come with us is the real question. And you've got to meet people where they are, not where you wish they were, if you will. Chris? Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, I'm engaged in an ongoing conversation with a coworker who is a self-proclaimed liberal. And you would think that we would not have much in common. And I really like this guy, and, you know, we work together a lot, so I thought it would be a good idea, you know, for us to, you know, find some common ground upon which we, we can agree. And it's amazing, Sam, that there's actually quite a bit upon which we do agree. Uh, it's a little tricky because there are certain things that uh, I know that he's going to be 100% diametrically opposed to me on. But it's interesting. I think we actually agree on more things than we disagree on, and we're having delightful uh, political intellectually stimulating political conversations and it's wonderful and i think before too long he's going to be able to see things more from my perspective than than he was before we even met and this is this is a challenge that i'm going to undertake and and i hope it develops into a a lifelong friendship that that hopefully maybe will will give him um the information and the tools to maybe turn the corner enough to where he's re- he's squarely in our corner at some uh, point in time. 
there you have it. And I, and I bring that up not to cave on my beliefs. You know, I, I, I don't want to cave on my beliefs, and I don't really want to compromise a whole lot. But the problem is the Founding Fathers had to compromise a lot to get the Constitution set up. You know, when do we compromise to our demise versus when do we compromise and it actually provides a way forward with civility? That's an interesting discussion and debate as well. But ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear. There's nowhere to turn, nowhere to hide. We're being betrayed on every side. That's true. But the Savior was betrayed as well, and how did he handle it, huh? Who is purposely sabotaging power plants all over America? Let's talk about it on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. Former President Donald Trump will not be appealing the ruling that put an end to a special master's review of material seized by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago. A federal appeals court recently ruled that U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon was mistaken when she allowed a court-appointed outsider to review everything taken from Trump's property. The appeals court ruling officially took into effect on Thursday with no sign of an appeal. It looks like Hunter Biden will be under investigation. Tim Burke has the latest. House Republicans say come January 3rd, they will launch an investigation into the foreign business dealings of Hunter Biden and other members of the Biden family. Kentucky Republican Congressman James Comer is expected to lead the charge on that. He joins Fox and claims then-candidate Joe Biden lied about having no knowledge of his son's financial affairs. It certainly looks like the Biden family was acting as foreign agents. Uh, we have a term for that in Washington, D.C. We call that lobbyists. Uh, we know Joe Biden lied about his knowledge of Hunter and Jim's shady business dealings. We also know that Joe lied uh, about uh, his participation in those business dealings. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Brittany Griner crossed paths with Victor Bout as she made her way through a United Arab airport on the heels of a prison swap, bringing the WNBA star back to the U.S. after months in Russian captivity. A video of Griner on a flight back to the U.S. shows the basketball star in good spirits as she returns home to her wife, Cheryl. Talking to someone recording her, she said she's good and happy. Are you ready for one flight? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 
Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, who is purposely sabotaging power plants all across America. Chris, interesting topic, Dateline, North Carolina, sir. Yes, sir. So a week ago today, there was a power outage in Moore County, South Carolina, and 33,000 customers were affected by that power outage. And it's suspected that an individual or some individuals with firearms actually caused it, which is very interesting because I thought that our electrical grid was a lot safer than that. If you or I can, uh, you know, go over to a, a power transfer station and incapacitate it to the tune of millions, and they're predicting it will literally cost millions of dollars to get this grid back up with firearms, how vulnerable are we really, Sam? We are extremely vulnerable, ladies and gentlemen, because you got to ask, how do the power outages start? What caused them? They're all across America, though. You know what? This North Carolina example is just one example with firearms. Uh, Other examples are people are even able to throw things oftentimes across fences and cause power plant problems, etc. Our electrical grid is extremely, extremely vulnerable ladies and gentlemen i mean even when you have a uh, somebody crash a car sometimes knock down a power line or whatever it can take out thousands just from that kind of stuff it's extremely vulnerable uh, and we are in trouble we've done nothing to harden it the warnings about this have been going on for years and years and years and years and everybody talks about it being a concern but nobody's ever done anything about it the only real answer chris is to get rid of this centralized power grid the government's got us all on with tax subsidies or government subsidies and tax, you know, et cetera, tax dollars. We have got to, you know, do this. I don't really see any good way to do it because the the systems have been designed around uh, this pretend cost, meaning, hey, it's very, very cheap. We can have these devices that just suck power big time and we're going to be fine. Well, you know what? If we had gone with the DC power instead of the AC power in the very beginning, back in Ben Franklin's days and such like that, we would have a very different outcome in decentralized power now. But it was a power grab then. It's a power grab now. It's very dangerous on many fronts, Chris. Yeah, and I have taken action. And now I know what I'm about to say will be a little bit controversial with you because of how you feel about solar. But I have now officially have solar panels on the roof of my home. Uh, we're not completely hooked up because of supply line issues. Uh, we don't have all the wires hooked up. But uh, within days, I will be completely independent as far as my electrical um, energy is concerned, Sam. Um, of course, I'm with solar panels on my roof. Obviously, I'm not completely and totally uh, independent. Somebody could, for example, sh- shoot up my solar panels on my roof. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But nevertheless, and notwithstanding, I am going to be able to be completely off the grid in a few days. So let's now, be very clear. That- let's be very clear about a few fundamentals. I'm not against sour or solar panel technology. I'm not against any of these technologies. I think technology is wonderful. What I'm against is that 90% or a significant power i'm sorry a significant number of the uh, uh, panels are created from communist china so you're buying communist derived solar panels on slave labor first of all second problem that i have with it is you're stealing my tax dollars to get those on your roof Uh, unless i don't take the subsidies well (laughs) but but you can't really not take the subsidies very easily by the way 
Right, yeah. Because all these companies are tapped into, and the way they sell and the way they deal with these panels are that way. Unless you install your own system and do it yourself, kind of a DIY, um, then you're you know, in this trap. So besides the fact that they're generated in communist China by slave labor, uh, and besides the fact that then you've got to steal my money in order to put them on your roof, I think the technology is wonderful. The problem that people don't understand is the second you really uh, get solar panels not made by the communists and or pay for your own solar panels, it becomes cost prohibitive. And it becomes cost prohibitive primarily because government has subsidized the, the central power grid running on coal and now natural gas, etc., cetera, uh, to such a point to where, hey, electricity is really cheap. And it's a really hard proposition to pay a whole lot more for it uh, to get independent. That's, that's one issue. The last issue, problem that I have with it, is even if you get your solar panels, by law, at least in these cities that we have built up, you've got to be on the grid. You can't just take yeah. your solar panels and tell the grid to take a hike and leave. They've got you trapped. And so that's kind of the problem that I have with these scenarios is is that, it, you know, it's problematic on all fronts. Uh, and so I appreciate the technology, and I personally believe if the government would stay out of the technology and if the government wouldn't subsidize with our tax dollars the technology, I believe solar panels would have been here, ways to get power from solar, from wind, from all kinds of other technologies would be much more ubiquitous, much cheaper, and we would have built appliances, and this is the most important component here. We would have built appliances and things that don't take near the power. Uh, and that's really the issue. And so I've got places where I play with solar panel and play with generators and play with all these alternative technologies. And believe it or not, I'm very savvy about them. I understand them well. And I'm just telling you that the, that the um, cost of ownership isn't what people are taught to believe you're comparing government controlled grid with government subsidized grid with government subsidized solar panels and they're trying to make you believe that one's better than the other why not let the free market battle it out then ladies and gentlemen if you're so confident the answer is because it'll become very apparent very quickly that the only way to really reduce power consumption and power costs is to get the government out of it chris no, we, we digress 100%. on the point, but that's that's something to really understand, folks. Right. Well, well, very very well put, Sam, and I, I concur with everything that you said. And you know, people tell me all the time, well, it's going to take you 25 years to pay those off. You know, to to get your money back. You know, not to pay them off. You know, financially, but you know, to get your money's worth out of them. And my response is, the investment is not uh, intended to be paid off monetarily. The investment is for mere survival purposes when eventually this will happen in a neighborhood near you or near me, for example, uh, because inevitably, inevitably it will happen. And I would like – I know we talked about Frederick Bastiat a couple of weeks ago, and this really ties into something that he said, and I'd like to share that at this time if you don't mind, Sam. Sure. Because as, as government becomes more oppressive and more unfair – uh, you're going to see a lot of these uh, sabotage attacks occur because j just like uh, Frederick Bastiat warned us over 150 years ago, he said, law is justice. And I defy anyone to say how even the thought of revolution, of insurrection, of the slightest uprising could arise against a government whose organized force was confined to suppressing injustice. He goes on to say, Sam, but make the laws upon the principle of fraternity, proclaim that all good and all bad stem from the law, 
that the law is responsible for all individual misfortunes and all social inequalities, then, and this is the important part, then the doors open to an endless succession of complaints, irritations, troubles, and revolutions, unquote. And I believe that a lot of what happened in Moore County, North Carolina, that we've been talking about, is a result of people becoming so frustrated with the tyrannical nature of government that they perpetrated this act of sabotage. And I believe you're going to see that happen a lot more, Sam. And that's because government has become an end-all, be-all to to a lot of people. And when that government does not uh, meet their expectations, then they get angry. And it's because government has gone way beyond its bounds, as you and I both know and we've talked about extensively. And we're going to see a lot more frustrated people, vigilantes, going out and perpetrating these acts of sabotage the more government promises what they cannot deliver. And they should not promise, and they they don't have any power or authority for a lot of these things. Plus, they don't have the money. But yeah. I would say this: there's many theories being bantered about regarding uh, these power plant attacks all over the country. It's not just in North Carolina; it's all over the nation. There's been many of them. You just don't hear about them on a day-to-day basis. But I'm convinced it either might be that people are frustrated with the government, as you say. But I personally believe this viewpoint, which is the following: and some would say, Sam. You're speculating. And my response is, we don't know what caused it at this point, or we don't know who or why or how or what. So any theory or any viewpoint is speculation at this point, right? But I'm convinced across the country, especially when they say, yeah, we used firearms uh, to go ahead and do this. I think that what they're trying to do is blame it on the right wing. The right wing loves guns. The left wing hates Uh guns. So the right wing must have done it there. But I believe right now in the lame duck session, I don't know if you know, but Joe Biden just came out promoting more gun control. And I believe that they're using this to help foster the gun control. Not only are people dying because of guns, but your power grid is absolutely defenseless against that evil gun. If you get rid of guns, your power grid will stay up, people. So you got to get rid of your guns. And and so I believe, personally, it's a bunch of left-wing, whacked-out activists that have used guns to attack the power plant to go ahead and show us how dangerous things are so that everybody gets more and more and more in fear. They love that fear. They love that unsettling feeling of, oh, my gosh, we've lost control because that lets them take power. And I believe they're using guns to then blame it on the right wing, to then use this right now in the lame duck session to help Joe and the lame duck thugs to go ahead and try to violate more of our God-given gun rights. So I believe that's kind of at the core of it. That's my opinion uh, to which I'm entitled. But there's a lot of debates of how. But, folks, it doesn't matter, okay, what the motive for the power outages are. The fact is we're incredibly vulnerable, and we need to do something uh, to protect ourselves uh, from these problems, Chris. And I think there's several ways. The one, you can start to learn to reduce your power consumption. That's got to happen, whether you believe in climate change or not. And the reason it's got to happen is because your solar panels cannot provide enough electricity consistently for you to live normally without the grid, Chris. Cannot do it. Well, we, we shall see, you know, in, in another year, you know, after having gone through the winter and the spring, summer, and fall, I will give you an official report on how my solar panels performed. <laughs> we'll no, see. you won't and know because you're hooked to the grid, and if you ever need power, the grid will give you power that you don't otherwise have, and so you won't really know unless you disconnect yourself from the grid. 
it'll be reflected in how much I pay on a monthly basis. No, it won't. like a 15. No, it won't, because in the day you could pass a whole lot more power to the power grid, and at night you could suck a little bit of power from the power grid, and you would still show a net positive, but yet you depended on the grid to, to live life normally. So even that's not a fair gauge. Okay. Well, you follow me? I guess I have to wait. I guess I have to wait for powder power outage, outage. Excuse me to test that theory. Yeah, but it's got to be um, a long power outage, enough to to prove the point day in and day out for weeks, or it's got to be long enough to really know. See what I'm saying is, in the day you can give. Let's just. I'm going to use numbers. Let's say you give a hundred, and I'm using these numbers because I don't want to get into a, a debate about electricity usage. It's complicated. But let's say that you submit a hundred to the power grid. But then at night, for some reason, you're out of power because you gave a bunch of power to the power grid, etc. Uh, your batteries are getting weaker, or whatever the case may be, and now you need power, and so then you use power, and the grid provides you 10. So you're a net 90 positive, but you still would have been out of power without that 10 given back to you in the needed scenario. You see what I'm trying to get at? So, yeah, and I do have uh, backup batteries. I haven't hooked them up yet, but that's in, in a process that I'm... Yeah, and that's great. The, re the reason I know these things is because I have a place that does not have power. Yeah. And I go there all the time and literally live there and stay there. And I'm telling you from experience, everything we have sucks power. And there's certain devices that suck power way more than others. Blow dryers, curling irons are huge power sucks. <laughs> uh, you know what? Your, um, your heating and air conditioning, huge power sucks. Uh, anyway, I can keep going on, but I'm just saying that it's very hard day in and day out to create consistent solid power with the consumption of the devices that we use on a daily basis. Dishwashers, okay. washing machines, those are the big power suckers. And, and I know it because I've experienced it, and I'm telling you, you think you have a lot of power, and then you run your washing machine, uh, and then you run, say, a heater, and boom, your power is gone in an instant where you thought you had plenty. It's like, whoa. Uh, so it's very difficult. And, and I'm not trying to hear, I'm not trying to spend my time challenging the efforts. I think your efforts are, are noted and worthy and good. And I think we all should be working on this kind of stuff. But look, it doesn't matter when the power outages happen. It doesn't matter who done it. It doesn't, what really matters, folks, is what we do about it. Okay, in this case, it was an act of sabotage regardless of who did it, why, etc. But when it happens to you, what will you do? And do you want to learn to live without power or with less power? And to what degree is the question, Chris? Yeah, and I'm doing something. If you've got a better alternative, Sam, I'm more than happy to listen to it. But at this point uh, in our technolo technological advancement here in this country, I don't see any other alternatives. You know, I can, I've got a wood stove, for example, so I can heat my home with wood, but eventually the wood in the um, Bureau of Land Management land in my backyard is going to be completely used up by other neighbors who have fireplaces. But anyway, I didn't mean to go too far. If you've got a better alternative, no, you're fine. Know, I would I don't, there is no that. better alternatives <clears throat> uh, except for learning to live with less power, first of all. I'm telling you that yes. has got to happen. It's not a global environmental statement that I'm making. It's a reality. You cannot run your air conditioning and your heating and your dishwasher, and your washing machine, and your hair dryer, and your, you can't run all that stuff all the time. So learning to live simpler lives is one of the answers. Microwaves mm -hmm. are especially abusive. I mean, they suck power like you would. You run your hair dryer uh, and your uh, microwave for very long, 
and then start your washing machine or your dryer to dry your clothes. And man, you'll see. So the answer is to learn to live with less power. The answer also yeah. is to put multiple things in place. For example, do you have a generator? I do not. A diesel generator? No, I do not. Either diesel because or propane or even a gas generator can make a big difference because a pretty small generator, even a 3,000-watt generator, to say, or a 2,000-watt generator, you can buy one for under 500 bucks. Uh, and, and if you get the right generators, uh, you can um, literally bring up a lot of devices. I mean, your cell phones, your laptops, your lights, your, okay, you can bring a lot of those low power things up very easily and very quickly, even on a generator. And you say, well, that's fossil fuel, Sam, and I can't throw enough fuel. I know. I'm just talking about, you got to think of outages as short term, long term, medium range, and have answers for all of those. And short term, firing up a generator for a lot of basics, lights, a radio, maybe a TV, maybe the internet, a lot of those low power things really makes a difference. It brings you back to kind of feeling like you're in civilization to, to some degree. Uh, but you'll have to dry your clothes on a clothesline, for instance. You'll have to, okay, it's this practice and experience that is the answer. I don't think that your answer is wrong. And I don't think solar panels are bad. I told you what I don't like about them. I think the technology is great. And I don't, I don't begrudge those who do them. I bought a solar panel to go with my goal zero. So I have a goal zero solar panel that I can set out. And I've got a goal zero um, storage bank or whatever you want to call it. Some call it a solar generator. I've got one solar of those. Generator. And I've also got a generator that can charge all those things. Um, so it's really kind of a how do you go about it and what things do you believe implementing will make the biggest difference. And there's nothing wrong with anybody's plan. I'm just telling you that everybody will come as they work on it to the understanding that there's multiple things that you've got to do, not just get solar panels and you're done is my whole point, right? Right. Right. And there will be a great deal of sacrifice and innovation. And I believe we are going to see miracles. We're going to see things that we did not anticipate based on our righteous desires. So hopefully with all of those things combined, we will make it through the difficult times that are coming. Anyway, you want to talk about the Netherlands? It's going to be a balance of things. So one thing is electricity, as we've just hammered home, and they're going to have more of these assaults on the power grid, and preparing for them is wise, no matter whether you go with the plan I'm talking about or Chris's plan or a combination thereof, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to figure out itself. But the whole point we're highlighting right now is you've got to work on it. You've got to turn your mind and your heart and your soul uh, to these efforts if you want to be okay when, not if, but when it comes your way. Food is another serious, serious issue. We take it for granted, but you jettison fossil fuels tomorrow, and food will be a crisis right now. And they're actually taking action in other nations that I feel like might come to the United States, Chris. A great segue, Sam. Yes, the Netherlands reportedly is set to forcibly close 3,000 farms. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> Sam, and I laugh because, I mean, you would never hear a headline like that as recently as 10 years ago. Nobody in their right mind would ever conceive that this would be possible. But today, yes, apparently so. And this is to comply with EU mandates. So it's um, a foxnews.com report, Sam, and it reads, the Dutch government is planning to purchase and then close down up to 3,000 farms in an European Union environmental mandates to slash emissions, according to the reports. And it's not carbon di dioxide this time. Guess what it is? It's nitrogen. 
apparently nitrogen uh, that, uh, that occupies 21% of the air that we breathe, Sam, is evil now. It's a noxious substance that the government now has to control. So not not only do we have the evils of carbon dioxide side, but we have now have nitrogen. And I said, well, the uh, real problem isn't nitrogen, isn't oxygen, isn't CO two, isn't any of these things. The real problem is government, who for control and abusive purposes manipulates us into believing these things are a problem. The Netherlands going to by force close over three thousand farms, but it's all because of a quote EU government global, or I don't know what you say, regional government, the best way to describe it, uh, mandate is what we're talking about, right? Yeah, and this is exactly why they implemented the EU, and they did it on a gradual basis. As you know, it started with, a, I think, like a, an agreement to, to trade uh, coal back and forth from country to country, and then it just uh, metastasized, if you want to use that word, into this great, like you said, regional government who has so much authority and so much power that that no individual country has power to oppose it. Uh, and, and it's become a monstrosity. And my comment is, well, who needs farms, Sam, anyway? Food comes from grocery stores. And as crazy as that may sound, a lot of people don't understand the connection between farms and the food that they purchase in grocery stores, unfortunately. But we become so dumbed down. And I would imagine they're probably just as bad in Europe, if not worse, as we are here in America. I I can't remember who set, made that comment. Why do we need farms? We have grocery stores. Anyway, uh, continuing, the article says that farmers in the Netherlands will be offered well over the worth of their farms in an effort to take um, up the offer voluntarily. So what they're going to do is the European Union, either that or the um, Dutch government, is literally going to offer them more money than the market would offer them to purchase these farms. And who wouldn't jump at that opportunity? Woohoo! Now these farmers can retire in comfort, and they don't have to work another day in their life. And my comment on that, Sam, is this is why central banks are evil, okay? Without central banks printing fiat currency, this would never be possible. In order to undertake an undertaking of this uh, financial scale, normally if you had gold and silver as uh, at least backing uh, the local currencies, the government would literally have to increase taxes uh, in society at large in order to accomplish such a, a, a gigantic feat. And there, they would be pushed back on the part of the citizenry. But because we now have a fiat currency-based system in every country around the world, with the exception of three, um, they can pull this off and nobody even recognizes the loss of their spending power through inflation. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's just a sideline. So and, and they'll probably get away with it. Well, again, governments can get away with this temporarily. But what happens when evil government strikes at the food supply, strikes at the power grid, strikes at all these things? What happens inevitably is people suffer. People starve. People freeze. People get too hot and die. And death is what will be the result of these government meddlings. You can get rid of 3,000 farms. You can get rid of coal, fire, power plants. You can do all these things. But the long term will be more and more and more disasters, more and more and more outages, uh, more and more. And then what the government will do is say, by golly, this is horrible. What they've done is created the Hegelian dialectic against us. Uh, and what they'll say is it's horrible. What you need is more government. 
because we can take care of you. We can make sure that you can eat and stay warm or stay cool or we can, et cetera, et cetera. That's what they're driving for. And they know the only way to do that is to take away the infrastructure, which they're doing one line item at a time. Hey, let's attack the coal power plants. I know it'll take us decades to get done, but eventually we'll get there. Let's eventually, you know what, give these farms. So now there's a, a headline that talks about that talks about rebel farmers say they can't stay in business with the current regulations against them, etc. Uh, Chris, and, and this is how government does this. Exactly. <clears throat> Uh, and it's all about resources, all about limiting resources, as you said, because then they can bring us to our knees. And we always gravitate towards government as the source of that solution. And another thing that the article mentioned, Sam, that is um, very telling is that of all the nations in the world, they're, um, the second greatest exporter of food products is the Netherlands. Believe it or not, as small a country as they are compared to all the other countries, they're the second greatest exporter of foods, and I assume that America is probably number one. So that that explains why they're targeting the Netherlands, because they apparently they produce a lot of food over there and good enough. But that's all going to change when they shut down these 3,000 farms, and it's going to be tragic. Initially, it'll be fine. We, they probably won't even notice it for a week or two, but then after that, it'll be too late to do anything about it. So... Um, and then they go on to say in the article, the farms targeted for compulsory purchase are located near environmentally sensitive areas, according to reports. And my comment on that, Sam, is I'm guessing these environmentally sensitive areas are not in China or in India, where the nitrogen pollution problem is much worse. I'm sure glad that President Donald Trump got us out of the Paris Climate Accord. That was the best 70-day period of my life, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because he only got us out of that for 78 days i don't know if uh, you remember us talking about that previously <clears throat> too bad the smartest man in the world and i'm referring again to donald trump didn't just point out that an international body either here or abroad has no constitutional or moral authority to regulate naturally occurring atoms like nitrogen from existing ladies and gentlemen there you have it we've got one hour in the can the second hour coming up sam bushman Chris Carlson with some very hard-hitting topics straight ahead. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com. Donate liberally. Every penny will allow us to grow and put our content on more platforms and tell the tale of liberty. We are truth tellers on your radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, back with you live, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. Hard hitting talk at your fingertips, that's for sure, ladies and gentlemen. Got a lot of topics to cover. Not near enough time to get her done, but we're taking the world by storm and we're doing it. The Netherlands ready to forcibly close. 3,000 farms 
to comply with an EU mandate, ladies and gentlemen. EU farmers, though, they call them rebel farmers. Uh, They are, uh, they consider, um, they're, they're called rebel farmers, is what I find fascinating. EU farmers rebel against these, uh, they call them WEF, World Economic Forum Regulations, ladies and gentlemen. The question is, will liberty prevail? And I think the answer is liberty will not prevail. And I say that uh, sadly. Uh, and I don't think that liberty is on the death nail forever. But I think we're experiencing a dark time, not only in America, but around the world. Because you know what? There's not enough people that are awake, and I don't mean woke, I mean awake, to stop the woke agenda. Okay? You got to understand this really clearly, folks. Nowhere to turn, nowhere to hide. We're being betrayed on every side. That's really the point of this whole discussion, whether it's farmers and food, whether it's electricity. They are literally making resources intentionally scarce for government to grow beyond your wildest dreams. A global agenda. A tyrannical view is their endgame. And we, the people, need to be wise to this reality. They want to control the air. They want to control the water. Yeah, all resources up for grabs. And now we have a Google Earth reality check. This is very interesting uh, to kind of highlight what's going on here. Chris? Yeah, so this is from our good friend Darren Beatty from Revolver.News, and we've talked extensively about January 6th and the irregularities, if you want to use that euphemism, surrounding the the official government facts um, that they want us to believe about the January 6th so-called riots or um, insurrections. But uh, this deals with a a little different sideline from the actual – uh, activities that went on in the Capitol at that uh, that day. It, it deals with two pipe bombs, and this was not extensively reported, but it was reported, and I think they kind of uh, quieted down on reporting about these because there are some irregularities about the two pipe bombs, one planted outside of the RNC, the Republican National Committee headquarters, and one planted outside of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee headquarters. The interesting thing about the one that was planted outside of the DNC national headquarters is that it was there in open view to people walking by or sitting on the park benches there for 17 hours, Sam, uh, presumably unnoticed. Now, if you believe that, I've got some oceanfront property in the state of Utah to sell you. Uh, I saw a photograph of the bomb that when, when it was discovered, presumably at about one o'clock, um, January 6th, the afternoon of January 6th, was, which was about the time uh, the, the, all the activities in the Capitol was going on, were going on, excuse me. So and there's a lot of information here. So he, Darren Beatty uh, starts the article off by saying, if members of Congress were serious about solving January 6th, they would get very specific now in their oversight request. What were the names of the Secret Service agents who were tasked tasked with sweeping the entry and exit door areas outside the DNC headquarters. And this bomb, by the way, that was this pipe bomb was literally feet um, from some access doors in the back of the building. Uh, and then they talk about there's a parking deck that was literally feet from, and I've, I've seen the photographs. I know you don't have the advantage of seeing those photographs that are very revealing. 
And uh, not only were the secret did the Secret Service not notice, or the security detail there at the DNC not notice this pipe bomb that was in open view right next to a park fence that was situated there on the grounds um, for 17 hours. Nobody got fired. Nobody got disciplined. Nobody got uh, a beatdown for not having noticed it. And during that same 17-hour period, Sam, Kamala Harris actually entered and left the facility through a garage door, which was literally feet from where this bomb was planted. Okay? So there's a lot Again, of it's more circumstantial evidence and strange irregularities that Darren Beattie and the folks at Revolver.News bring forward. They're very astute. We're catching them more and more and more in the lies. But again, the more we find evidence about who the real perpetrators are and about government inside involvement, uh, the more the government just simply prosecutes everybody else. Stuart Rhodes just got slammed and prosecuted. They're using this just like the communist Chinese do to go after, quote, anybody who is considered a dissident or anybody who criticizes the government or anybody who even doesn't buy the government storyline. Every one of us are in the crosshairs of an out-of-control government bent on shutting down all critics, Chris. Yeah, and uh, and nobody's talking about how this device was able to to exist in open view to the general public. People, and this was one of the busiest days, January 6th, and the night previous, for that matter, was one of the busiest days in Washington, D.C. at that time. There must have been thousands of people passing by. And you're trying to tell me that for 17 hours nobody noticed this this pipe bomb? I saw a photograph of it, Sam. I would have seen it from 25 to 35 feet away. And they're telling us this concocted story that it was that it was placed there. And they actually have video footage. And this is this is another uh, interesting revelation about this whole story. So the FBI released security camera footage of a hooded suspect. Um, presumably the man who planted the bomb, he came up, and this this footage is date stamped 7.42 p.m. on January 5th, and it shows a a man in a white hoodie or a woman. It's hard to tell because he he or she is wearing a hoodie. So, and and there are two surveillance videos here, and this is the interesting part about this, Sam, and I'll try to explain this. So, the first one shows this individual coming up and sitting on one of the two benches in the area at 7:42 p.m. and this individual you know the body language looks very suspicious this individual is holding a backpack um, but at that time 7:42 uh, he did not or she did not uh, unlaid the contents of the backpack at 7:52 so 10 minutes later another video uh, surveillance camera shows the same individual coming back. But interestingly enough, from this surveillance video angle, you cannot see the place where the pipe bomb was presumably deposited, whereas the previous surveillance video would have shown where the um, pipe bomb was deposited by the suspect. Why would the FBI release two videos, the first of which shows the man or the woman sitting on the bench in open view of where the pipe bomb would have been deposited had he or she deposited it at that time. And then the second video that they released was a completely different angle, completely different 
surveillance video where you cannot see where that pipe bomb was deposited. So that is suspicious, and Darren, Darren Beatty points that out. Anyway, there are some other anomalies. Uh, the frame, you're familiar with frames per second, are you not, Pam? Yes, so, of course. <clears throat> How, so so for, just so you know, hold on, the slower the frames, the less contiguous video you have. I don't know if people realize this, but video is nothing but a bunch of pictures all in a row displayed really fast, right? And so what yeah. you've got is when you have a slower frame rate, what happens is if it's really slow, you might see a picture every second. Or you yeah. might have 30 frames per second, which is what TV is. So you got to understand you're getting 30 pictures in a second, thus making video. Video is nothing but a series of pictures all in a row in a literal sense. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily how it's recorded these days, but I'm highlighting the components so people understand what frames are. Uh, frames and pictures don't exactly match necessarily. My whole point, though, is that it's the higher the frame rate, the more contiguous, the more solid the video is. The slower the frame rate, the more jerky the video looks, etc. Uh, so I bring that up so people kind of understand that if they're not technical, Chris. Yeah, okay, yeah, and it's a simple concept. Even a dummy like I can figure that out. So why would the FBI release um, surveillance video footage, Sam, that is one frame per second when that is like, that's not even low tech. Now, low technology is eight frames per second. Like you said, the movies that you watch in the theater, they're like 24 to 30. Why would they release video? And this, this must have been doctored. I'm guessing it would have had to have been because I'm sure they wouldn't use at the DNC headquarters such low-quality uh, equipment. One frame per second? What are they trying to hide by limiting it to one frame per second? And this, this was uh, – I picked up this on a, uh, an interview with um, Owen Schroyer a couple of days ago when he interviewed Darren Beatty. It's not in the article. But anyway – it's just there's so many anomalies, and then of course they always, in cust in uh, classic fashion of the FBI, they always remove the evidence before anybody can you know go and investigate, and that's what they did. So well, there, there you of, have it. Uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Look, the bottom line is we're getting more evidence about something smells rotten in Denmark. Something ain't right here, folks, and that's the bottom line. But Joel Skousen highlighted in my opinion something that really um in my opinion doubles down on the point being made here chris yep and then i, I so obviously joel skousen does deep research on uh, relevant topics of the day and i'm titling this we are always betrayed in the end unquote and that's a quote from the world affairs brief joel skousen. we are always betrayed in the end we'll talk about it more in seconds on your radio Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, this is Liberty Roundtable Live. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman on your radio talking about, listen, we're always betrayed in the end. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel Skousen highlights that quote, and I think that's what we're seeing on so many fronts, whether it be the farming issue, whether it be the electricity issue, whether it be this pipe bomb and these other scandal issues, every time we're betrayed over and over and over. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, the followers of Christ can expect to be betrayed. The Savior himself was betrayed, Chris. Yeah, and I remember an interview. Um, I called in to Mike Lee. Was, this was on a talk show host, and I, I told him about the Federal Reserve, and I said, Mike Lee, why don't you do something? Why don't you enter some legislation to abolish the Federal Reserve? And I know this is kind of a sidetrack, but it, just work with me for a second here. And he said, we have to work with the government that we're given. And before I could respond to that, they hung up on me, you know, like a lot of talk show hosts do when they, <laughs> they don't want to want you following up on a uh, an inconvenient question. But anyway, so how the Republican Party was compromised, and Joel Skousen, just like you and I, Sam, we don't trust either of the two major political parties. I abandoned the Republican Party, as I mention often, and I'm sorry, I, I sound like a broken record, 22 years ago. But here, here are some of the reasons why I have. And then Joel Skousen begins the article saying, there are always a few wolves in sheep's clothing that infiltrate and betray conservatives once they are in power. And he goes on to list some people. He talks about John McCain, Senator Arlen Specter. Uh, Arlen Specter, uh, if you'll recall, Sam was the one who covered up for the JFK assassination. Yeah, via the Warrant uh, Commission. Being, yeah, the Warrant Commission, yep. And that's probably why he was um, you know, given power in government. They always do. Newt Gingrich, who betrayed the contract with America, and brought China into the World Trade Organization. The gay pervert House Speaker, Denny Hastert, who was protected from prosecution until he was out of power. And John Boehner, he says, John Boehner has too many uh, vices to list here. Uh, none of these people were ever on our side. And I add to that, and they always seem to gravitate and are granted leadership positions. So that's important to note. 
So he goes on to say that there, like today, well, Paul Ryan is no longer Speaker of the House, but you know, and he and he says that Paul Ryan wasn't evil. Paul Ryan was just weak and intimidatable. That that was his superpower in Congress, you know, that they could work with. And, you go, and then now we're talking about Kevin McCarthy because you know he'll be up for Speaker of the House now that the so-called good guys have control of Congress, uh, the House specifically. Um, you know he's trying to play both sides, but he and and he's going to do some good things. Now he lists one, two, three, four, five things that uh, Kevin McCarthy has promised to do if he is elevated to the lofty position of Speaker of the House, and I'll, I'll mention those. And they are good things. He's going to number one, he's going to kick Adam Schiff off the Intelligence Committee for lying about Trump and Russian collusion. Well, that's a good thing, right? Number two, he's going to investigate Hunter Biden. He promised to do that. Now, whether or not he does that, I have my doubts. Number three, he's going to end proxy voting so that members have to be present to vote. I'm not really sure how that's going to make a difference. Number four, he's going to undo the IRS hiring of 87,000 new agents. None of these things are going to happen, Chris. They're not going to happen. And And even even if you get rid of the 87,000 new agents, all you're doing is bringing back the IRS to previous announcement of 80,000 uh, more agents. In other words, you still got the behemoth clown organization that's unconstitutional and criminal in its intent. It's judge, jury, and executioner. Lois Lerner still lives on without prosecution. So even if you roll that back, Chris, I mean, I appreciate that, but it's not even close to the answer. It's not even close to making enough difference to even matter. Right, right, right. And that's my, my response. And, and this is, and I'm going to add to that. Why not? <clears throat> Why not do things like this, Sam? <clears throat> Why not? In I I know I'm preaching the choir. Why not return us to a constitutional monetary system? That would make a difference. Yeah, and, and by the way, order. that's the only thing that will really make a long-term difference. Because if you leave that in place, the fix is in in time, no matter what you do. Right. Yeah. You 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 don't get rid of the root. Just like hacking away at a tree, thinking you're killing the tree. You cut a branch or two off, saying, "Aha! Now that you know that branch will never obscure my view." Well, the trees grow new branches all the time, you know, or dandelions or whatever analogy you want to use. And then to, to finish out that thought, I said, why don't why don't we enter legislation to defund every unconstitutional program in the government? Yeah, and then other things that you know are pretty obvious. But yeah, a lot of this. That. A lot of this discussion comes down to we live in the real and teach to the ideal discussions that I've had with so many people. I agree we want to do all those things, and I would stand for them. But America is not ready to do that. If I abolish the IRS tomorrow, the Americans would be like, hey, how do we fund our government? And they'd vote the IRS back in right now because we're not educated enough and we're not dedicated enough and we're not committed enough to make a difference. And so when Mike Lee says, hey, because we got to deal with the government we're given, that's a little bit of living in the real versus the ideal. His point is, I can put it in. Rand Paul and Ron Paul put in a boss the Federal Reserve, even forget abolishing for a second. They even put in auditing the Federal Reserve. Let's just take a look and make sure the accounting's right. And no one would even go for that. Rand Paul put a penny plan in and said, hey, let's cut a penny from government expenditures. We got to start somewhere. Let's try a penny. And everybody laughed at him, mocked at him, jeered him, and ignored him. And he got none of that, none either. So, to some degree, I don't think Mike Lee is dismissive of your point as much as he's saying we live in the real. And I, right now, I've just got to fight the onslaught. Hey, I want to roll back the eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents they just put in place. I can't really think of, you know, and, and Republicans are joining Democrats everywhere. We're always betraying the end. 
So 12 Republicans joined Democrats, Chris, to pass a gay marriage bill that would allow lawsuits to be filed against organizations as long as you're, unless you're a special church or the special eked out privilege for the few. The rest of us are under assault with this latest abuse. Some are saying we got to roll that back. Well, good luck. Because when the House passed the final version, what, 39 Democrats? I mean Republicans. <laughs> Democrats and I mean Republicans. And what are they, right? So 39 plus 12, you got literally 51 Republicans out of a 535-member House and Senate Congress. 51 out of 535. 53 is 10%. So 10% of Congress, all Republicans flat out sold us out and they passed the final version. It's waiting for Joe to join now, Chris. Yeah, and four of those were from the conservative state of Utah, Sam, <laughs> including my own representative, who I didn't vote for, fortunately. So I yeah, they want gay marriage as a, quote, America. lawful right, Chris. Yeah, yeah, no, let's, let's uh, develop that. That if This is so obviously a Trojan horse, Sam. I don't know how else to put it. And the Church of Jesus Christ, and I hate to, to diss on the church that I'm a member of because I love the church. I'm a member in good standing. I never thought I'd come to a point where I would be this critical of the church of which I'm a member, but they backed it 100% because of one last-minute provision that protected 501c3, and he goes on about that. Uh, let me read his comments. Um, da, 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 voted for it mainly because the leadership of the Mormon church came out in approval, having bought into the fig leaf of protection for, quote, religious liberty, unquote, provided by a last-minute amendment that only covered tax-exempt churches and no one else. It doesn't protect the members of the church. Uh, if, if, for example, if I own apartment complexes, yeah, tough I am for you, buddy. Yeah, and there was a bill in the state of Utah. I think it was like ten, eight or nine years ago, something like that. And the church back that war, it forced people to rent their apartments to uh, people that they may feel uh, spiritually uncomfortable renting them to, homosexuals, lesbians, etc. And the church backed that. And uh, I was, I had a conversation with a gentleman. Uh, I have people call me all the time because they they li either listen to the program or they just they know that I do a lot of research. And he says, "Well, the church was just covering its bases." And my question to to him uh, to counter that was, "Well, doesn't the First Amendment protect the church? Isn't that sufficient? Isn't the constitutional um, recognized right to uh, freedom of religion? Shouldn't that be sufficient?" And he said, "Oh, yeah, I guess it should." See, people don't think these things through, Sam. It just frustrates the heck out of me. And these are intelligent people. They're not dummies. Well, that's true. But when you look at it, Mike Lee tried to put greater religious protections in there. And again, they flat out rejected Mike Lee entirely. They jettisoned his extra religious protections. They went with his very thinly veiled, will give churches 501c3 special privilege. But later, the 501c3 status will be challenged uh, if you don't go along. So it's going to be used Absolutely. as a whipping tool to force to force yeah, listen to force ahead. absolute tyranny. Yep. And I hesitate on that word. Look, they're going to force you to go along. Right now they they go to your values because it makes you feel good. But eventually they pull the rug out from under you. Right now they're saying, "Yeah, this is all we want. We're going to stop here." 
but later that will change. Write it down and remember who warned you first. If you don't believe me, go look at the don't ask, don't tell gay marriage policy in the military. The Republicans were against it. 20 years later, they were saying, well, let's hold the line there, please. They lost both battles. You see where it's going? Quick pause on Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. A judge has dismissed charges against former Republican Michigan Governor Rick Snyder over the Flint water crisis following a state Supreme Court ruling from earlier this year that said indictments delivered by a one-person grand jury were valid. Hundreds of thousands of Flint residents were exposed to lead-tainted water when city managers who were appointed by Snyder switched Flint's water source to save money amid a budget crisis. Nine deaths were linked to the crisis. Snyder, who was charged along with seven others, was the first person in Michigan's history to be charged for alleged crimes committed on the job. After committing to refusing to accept the results of her race if she lost, Republican Carrie Lake has filed a legal challenge she's threatening in the aftermath of losing the Arizona governor's race. The Biden administration is accusing Russia of moving to provide advanced military assistance to Iran, including air defense systems, helicopters, and fire jets, part of deepening cooperation between the two nations as Tehran provides drones to support Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Brazil is officially out. Brazil, the favorite to win this year's World Cup, is out of Qatar 2022 after losing to Croatia in Friday's dramatic quarterfinal. It had looked as though Neymar had won it for Brazil after he scored a stunning solo goal in extra time. But Croatia broke Brazilian hearts with a last gasp equalizer. From the USA Radio News, Washington, D.C. Bureau, I'm Victoria Idoni. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800 478 7733. 800 478 7733. Sad but true, ladies and gentlemen, we're always betrayed in the end. So, the congressional delegation of Utah all voted for this perverted marriage act. 
except for Burgess Owens and Mike Lee. Amen to those guys. But again, Mike Lee added these amendments trying to get greater religious protection uh, and protection for more of us in a, in a more holistic way. He got shut down, Chris. Yeah, and I almost voted for Mike Lee. I think he's a good man. Um, our, he, you know, he went to the same private Christian school. Um, his children did, I should say. So, you know, I have I've kind of um, a lot of common values with the man, but I'm just not there yet because, I mean, he he has proven that he can compromise. His um, conservative index score is around. I think we established that to be about 96, 95 ish. Anyway, but uh, but to, you know, to his credit, he voted against the Respect for Marriage Act, which should be the Disrespect for Marriage Act. So I commend him on that. And, yeah, and um, I was at an event where he spoke and explained the details of that act as well. And all that he was yeah. doing behind the scenes, he tried to work with other legislative members. He tried to work with Mitt Romney. He tried to work with the the Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He tried to work with all these people and tried to explain. He, he feels like they don't really know the real details of the bill enough. Uh, and I don't know if you know, Mike Lee's an attorney as well and everything else. And uh, he literally tried his best and he gave us a lot of behind the scenes efforts that he was working on to try to make a difference and this is kind of where again we live in the real teach to the ideal uh you know what do you do when you're in that situation you're literally shut down by everybody they don't care what you have to say they don't care what you think and you know so the debate becomes political capital sometimes i'm not really for the compromises but at some point how do you get people to consider what you have to say when it really matters and sometimes it's to uh i don't want to say k but sometimes it's to go along when it doesn't matter as much to hopefully get a broader context and, and some support for things that really matter the most. That's the attempt. And I'm not saying it's the right attempt. It's, it, you know, it's, it, it's debatable about how far you go, how hard hitting, how intense do you give? Do you just say, look, we're going to follow the constitution uh, in the traditions of the founding fathers, zero compromise. We're going there. Well, then you know what? You've got to literally vote no on every single bill that comes forward to get that done almost. And the question becomes, yeah. when are you just not effective? versus effective and it's it's pretty debatable it's pretty hard to kind of work through that chris you know and that's a perfect segue so I, if i were in congress if i were the president if i were in a position of any power or influence i would use my access to the media as my greatest tool forget and i've told you this a lot uh, all the time with donald trump his greatest power as president was not even mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. His greatest power of the presidency was the bully pulpit, the ability to communicate and to expound on constitutional principles. And the media – I don't care what people say, oh, no, the media would never cover it. Well, they would have to. They'd be forced to. It would get out eventually you know, through whatever means. But you know, as, as a congressperson, I know he doesn't have nearly uh, access as much access to the media as the president, but I mean, he should be screaming. Have you ever watched the movie? Um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Sam. Yeah, of course. Great movie. And I, and I agree with that point. The problem right now, Chris is, and, I, and I'm going to give you the example. The mainstream press has power to manipulate things so badly to morph the truth. So right. definitively to where it, it, it's a hard battle. Your points well taken, but what it really would take is the alternative media to grow. Okay. Uh, Liberty Roundtable is a decent-sized talk show, believe it or not. It's bigger than most people realize. Uh, but you know what? It's not big enough. And until right. Americans start supporting the right media with money, okay, I mean, to do what we really need to do to get the word out the right way, it would take us twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. 
then yeah, okay. that's just not going to happen. And it's, well, it could ahead. happen easily if you had thirty thousand Americans put a dollar a day in, or I'm sorry, even a dollar a month, it could happen. See, if you had a a thousand Americans put in thirty dollars a month, you would have it. But see, Americans don't put their money where their mouth is. The American people are disengaged to the point where, hey, the liberals control everything. And Liberty Roundtable Live could be a hundred times bigger than it is now with a little bit of money. Why? What do you say, Sam? How is that? Because how much time can I spend? You could take a lot of the clips from my radio shows. You could trim them down. You could make them go viral on topics. You could do turn this show into video. But to do that, folks, you know what? I've got to have a staff. I do a little with what I can, but man, we, you know what? We literally only have a few part-time people at best. That's all we've got. And then me. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'm telling you, you <laughs> cannot do it all by yourself. I can't fund it and do the shows and be everywhere and cut up the videos and cut up the audio and make them available on this and that. We just launched our Truth Social feed. Okay. And some would say, well, why waste time on that? Well, you got to debate then. Is it smart to use the social media services that are out there or not? Should I post on Twitter or not? Should I post on Truth Social or not? Should I put videos on YouTube or Rumble or not? Well, every bit of this takes time and money. And, okay, a lot of people, I, I wish there was volunteers. But the volunteers are flaky at best. And most of the volunteers mean well, but they don't have the skill set necessary. And we go on and on and on. You say, well, Sam, that's a lot of money, 30 grand a month. Hey, man, that's what it takes to run these businesses. Okay? I do what I do on probably four or $5,000 a month. And I get the word out the best. And I fund three quarters of it all by myself. Okay, wow. you try to get advertisers, and they'll just dump you, Chris, because you know what? You said something they don't like. They disagree with you on this issue or that issue, or they. Uh, you try to get an advertiser, and they say, well, we need to see your reach. Do you have enough reach to justify the dollars you want for it? Well, the debate is probably, but you know what? How do you prove that? Well, Sam, you can prove it. Facebook and Twitter and everybody else has analytics. And my response is, yeah, they also have dead people in their numbers, and they have fake accounts in their numbers and everybody else. And then they say, well, you don't understand digital, Sam. If you can prove that you've got enough audience, then I'll advertise with you. Why don't we do this, Sam? Why don't I uh, go ahead and give you a code? And you can run all my promotions for free and build my company for free. And if enough people buy our service or product or whatever, then we'll go ahead and pay you. And we'll pay you per sale, Sam. And, and then I got to rely on how good their sales team is. And I got to put up all the risk to say, hey, what if their product just doesn't sell? Or what if this? And what if that? And, and you go round the barn. And I'll give you one last example and then turn it back over to you. And then I've got a final story before the end of the hour as well. But look, everybody criticizes the news that we run at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. Everybody who our listeners are criticize it till the cows come home. It's five minutes at the top of the hour by Salem News. It's two minutes at the bottom of the hour by Salem News. Uh, it takes three minutes and five minutes with basically two commercials. So it's really four minutes and two minutes, six minutes of news. But it takes eight minutes because of the two commercials that I got to run to get the news for free. Now, people say the news isn't any good and the commercials aren't any good. Sam, get rid of it. My response is I can't get rid of it. I got to have time to switch guests. Like yesterday, I had on Dr. Scott Bradley. We had to get a guest on for the second hour. We've got to have time to get those guests on. We've got to have time to go to the bathroom. You've got to rest your voice for a minute, clear your throat, whatever you got to do. <clears throat> Talk to somebody if, you know, your family or somebody in the corporate world needs something. You've got to have a few breaks to do these things. 
if you have technical difficulties, it gives you time to solve them. So you can't just go without any breaks. I go with less breaks of anybody in the industry, shorter and less breaks than any single talk show you've ever heard of. Okay, but here's the problem. <clears throat> what do I put on instead of the news if I get rid of it? Well, Sam, do your own news. Well, I don't know if you know, but to do your own news <laughs> is going to cost you a quarter million dollars yeah. a year. That yeah. alone is going to cost you literally 20 grand a month. 25 grand a month is probably more like it, but say 20, 25 grand a month. Why do you say that, Sam? Because you have to produce news 24-7. That's why. And you say, well, Sam, can't you produce like 10 news feeds and then, you know, play them a couple of times, rotate them and stuff, so overnight you don't have to have somebody? Yeah, you can. Sure. Totally. But you can't have one person do the news 24-7, can you? No, Sam, you can't. Okay, do I got to have two people? Well, two people still can't do it 24-7. They wouldn't get any holidays. They'd have to work on every single holiday, right? They'd have to work on the Sabbath every single Sunday. Because if news breaks and you're not on it, you're not a real news service, folks. Right? So the problem is everybody turns you off if you don't have real news. Okay, so now if we do news 24-7, let's say we've got to have three employees at the least. Because if one gets sick, you've got two to shoulder the load. If one quits, you've still got two while you hire a third person. But while you're hiring the third person, you still got to do 24-7 news. So you got to have a minimum of three people to do it. How much are those people worth? 50 grand a year? Okay, let's yep. say you say, well, let's get five people that are part-time. Fine, five people at 25 grand a year? It's 125 grand all by itself. And you haven't paid for any of the technology now either, have you? See? Yeah, or Social Look, Security taxes for those employees and all the other Right, so taxes. 25 grand a year per person becomes, you know, probably 35 or 40 by the time you pay all your government taxes. So now 40 grand a year times five guys is 200 grand. See, you got to have money for technology. That's what it takes. Now, me and Joel Skousen, believe it or not, tried it. We got a funder, and we did it, and we ran news for about a year and a half, and it was good news, and it was going to grow. But we couldn't find any sponsors except for the one funder we had who eventually said, I just don't have the money to keep it up. I think there's better ways to spend my money in the political world. Well, I disagreed with him because I think this is one of the most important ways. But again, how do you argue with the funder? I mean, he can just say, well, think what you want, Sam. But okay. And then our news guy passed away. Will Grigg was the main news guy that was doing it. We had a few others that were helping, but then he passed away. So now I got to find another news guy that can do it. And that'll do it for a cost we can afford. Well, you've got to have like-minded news people because there's several parts to the equation. Not only do you got to have somebody voice the news, but who's going to gather the news? And what viewpoint are they going to have when they gather the news? So you got to have somebody like-minded enough. you got to have somebody a good enough writer to quickly whip out news day in and day out consistently. You gotta have somebody who's really good at taking complicated stories and boiling them down to their salient points. You gotta have somebody good enough to understand liberty in America and the constitution and freedom and really the landscape that we live in, or you get snookered and your news is as bad as the last news you just dumped. So now you gotta find five guys like that that are willing to work part-time for not much money. And they gotta swap holidays too, cause you gotta have somebody on the holiday there. What are you going to do on Christmas Day? Have no news at all? See? And so it, it's very, very tough. And unless Americans put their money where their mouth is, there ain't the money. 
Sam can spend $5,000 a month uh, and get a few people to help and end up spending probably 3500 for himself and a couple of people helping him with the rest. Um, and he can keep it alive because he's got a day job and he works his butt off all day long every day. And he puts his money where his mouth is. But if nobody else does, or if only a few people do, it ain't going to get it. So anyway, I digress. We digress on news. I agree with you that Mike Lee and others should use the media more effectively. But I'm explaining to you why they don't, because it can't get the reach we need. Why? Because the money ain't there to make that reach happen. And the consistency isn't there. And that, my friend, is the problem. All right, listeners, you've got your marching orders. Go to libertyroundtable.com and uh, push the donate button. And even the few bucks I get, believe it or not, half of the money I get from other people are under distress, meaning somebody wants to give me money and other people in their spheres oppose it, right? Even the money that I get is under contest half the time. And so I'm not begging for your money, folks. I am hoping we can expand this and make it a team effort. I'll feed and fund my family myself. But I do believe we all got to participate in this. And I put literally hundreds, thousands of hours into this in addition to the money that I put in. Do you realize I've been on the radio more than 25 years? And it's literally been uh, anywhere from two to three hours a day the whole time. So it's 12 to 15 hours a week for over 26 years. Do you realize that's way more than like 15,000 hours? And that doesn't take any of the preparation into account, does it? Okay, this is a super, super, I agree with you that the media is so all-important, but not enough Americans agree. Let me give you a last story to kind of summarize and highlight the show. We're going full circle to the environmental discussions that we had. Utah Senator Mitt Romney reaffirmed his support for a carbon tax on Thursday, calling it the the number one thing that will help curb global emissions and rising temperatures. An idea that has been slow to gain traction in the Republican Party. So Mitt Romney's doubling down on this. Okay? Think about that for a second, Chris. Yeah. Well, hopefully that will put some folks here in the great state of Utah over the top in being convinced to vote him out of office. It's going to take, I can't remember... When, when is he up for election? Another four years, I think. Anyway, yeah, no, the, the carbon tax. I mean, um, what's his name? Al Gore has been pushing that for years. Finally, I think it's coming to fruition. They've got enough Republican traders on the right side of the aisle to to push it over the top, including Mitt Romney, as you mentioned. So yeah, why not? Why not just push it? Why not just let all of this oppression and tyranny and everything be implemented, Sam? And then maybe, maybe just then, you know, once our economy collapses and society degenerates into chaos, maybe then and just then when it's too late to vote them out of office or to do anything peacefully, maybe just I then. doubt it because then what they'll do is turn to government for solutions because that's what they've been trained and taught mm-hmm. to do for decades and generations via your government school communist cesspool. That's the 10th plank of the communist manifesto. That's what they're trained to do. Let me give you another example to make the point. You probably haven't even heard these stories. You didn't know Mitt Romney literally spoke at an event and promoted a carbon tax that he wants to saddle you with. There's not enough taxes in America, says Mitt Romney, right? But now the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, now has a new proposed rule that just came out last Friday. And the goal is to crack down on the manufacturing and importing of 
goods containing HFCS, which would restrict the use of HFCFs in refrigeration units, air conditioning systems, and heat pump equipment starting in 2025, according to an agency press release. You say, what the heck is all that, Sam? Well, listen, it's related to the, it's in accordance with the, quote, uh, Kigali Amendment to the Montreal Protocol. That is a global climate treaty that the Senate, the Republican-controlled, or at least whatever you want to say, Senate, ratified in September. Now, I guess it's not really Republican-controlled now, but it was, right? Um, the agency intends to reduce the production and consumption of HFCFs by 85% by 2036. So you've literally got now, they're going to mess with your heating and cooling and refrigeration and everything via these, you know, whatevers. And these HFCFs, literally the way refrigerators and all these different things run, uh, and, and, you know, it's a disaster, Chris. But that's what they're doing now, and you never even heard they did it. Did you hear that your Congress, your Senate, literally codified a treaty just last September, a couple of months ago? Did you know that? Uh, no, and probably— And the reason you didn't know it is because there's no media that will tell you, and I just found out about it. But I'm here to tell you. Yeah. And I dare say if people in this great state who are now supporting Mitt Romney would, would know that, and they probably never will, they probably would vote him out of office. But I'll tell them. I'm, I'll tell two people today because I'm going to go out and, and do some work, and I'll come in contact with people. So I guess that's the only way we're going to get this news uh, circulated is through word of mouth, you know, besides your show, of course. Yes, and that's the problem. Word of mouth isn't fast enough or consistent enough. By the way, HCFs are hydrofluorocarbons is what they are. Yeah, that's what I do have a chemistry endorsement, so I should have known. Yeah, hydrofluorocarbons. Okay. Well, we we did away with Freon, what, 30 years ago? Freon was, was the evil of the day 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's now, a commonly it's, known refrigerant. Remember, they attacked other refrigerants before. Now they're attacking right. these. So really, it doesn't matter what refrigerant you use. Eventually, they will attack it. Yeah. They're all bad. Those in air conditionings and, and Okay, it's the same thing as fossil fuels. It's the same thing as air and water. Mm-hmm. and Everything is polluted. The whole pitch is, hey, this is a problem to you to save you turn to government to save you we're going to force government controls and regulations and this and that on you and every time we move closer to tyranny mitt romney in utah literally the ball carrier and americans are all cool with that hey let's reelect him is what they'll do next guaranteed hey sam but 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 he was such a great church leader sam he's such a spiritual guy not only that he saved the olympics for crying out loud chris the olympics yeah i think we can do without our freezers and refrigerators and air conditioning in exchange for him having saved the olympics what 20 years ago (laughs) yeah but um well if hey if they're going to shut down our farms then we won't have any food to put in our refrigerators and freezers so we don't need that hfc's or um, well, yeah. we could use the air conditioner, but you know. And but by the way, that's you know what happens in Europe eventually comes over here to America. I was going to mention that when we talked about them shutting down 3,000 farms in uh, in the in Dutch, um, the Netherlands. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, no, we're being assaulted. That's why I say uh, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. We're being attacked on every side. 
That is the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and, and I wish we could do more about it, but you know what? I'm convinced that the American people aren't really interested in doing anything about it, Chris. Okay, well, that gets so we usually quote scriptures here, and if I get my screen to quit freezing up on me, I would refer to the scripture. That's a good segue into Romans one twenty-eight, Sam, and we've read this scripture before. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, end quote. Yeah, so that's where we are. We've kind of abandoned our, our mission here on earth, which is to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ and to build his kingdom. And we've kind of uh, capitulated to Satan and him building his kingdom. But I'm not going to capitulate, and I know you're not, and I'll go to my grave fighting against evil and upholding good. So, yeah, that's, that's what where we'll we do. are. And, you know, some people say, Sam, a lot of people don't like this long-form radio programming that you're doing. People just don't have two hours to listen to you all the time. And, you know, a lot of times you say a lot of the same things over and over. Well, the reason I say the same things over and over is because we obviously are not getting it. And repetition is the best way to kind of help. Um, they say, well, you talk about God too much. And my response is, look, we're not going to get out of this mess without pointing to God, folks. We're just not. Okay. And I bring a lot of these things up, and the solutions are simple, and I hammer them home. Because I believe that the Word and the Word of God and the teaching of true principles is greater than the sword, ladies and gentlemen. That's why the media is so important, is we can speak. Look, the radio is one of the most important beginnings of social media. You know what? I can speak to thousands, millions all together and we can educate one another and support one another we've never had so many tools to advocate for freedom in the history of the world as we have now um but the problem is is those people say the long-form programming is a problem sam fine we're working on short videos now too i'm doing videos now once a week or so that are less than 10 minutes that highlight the most important issues uh of the day whatever they be uh and so for example i'm going to highlight this treaty that i told you that your congress just passed in September, that you heard nothing about. Think about that, okay? It's basically the uh, Kigali, I don't know how to say this, amendment to the Montreal Protocol. It's a global treaty, okay? Do you Whoa. know about the Montreal Protocol, a global climate treaty that the Senate ratified in September? Did you know that? Well, you, See, you I did not know global, that. You missed the global election? I, I did, too. <laughs> they must have had yeah, some see? sort of but, but again, election. How can we fight against this if we didn't even know it was existing before it happened? And then even after they voted yes and put it into place, we don't even know. How are you going to fight against that, Chris? Well, surely our good uh, conservative Republican representatives will catch wind of that. No, Mitt Romney backed it, it, loves it, supported it. Oh, Okay. Well, see, so you don't stand a chance. But look, I search for the news as hard and as long and as fast as I singly can. I just can't put more time and more effort in than I already put in. I don't have I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the, you know, Sam just lacks mojo. It's the problem there, buddy. I need to work at it more, longer, harder. But see, I can't. I give all that I can give to the sacred cause of liberty. And if enough Americans would do that, this would be, uh, you know, easy. But, man, you can't push your Senate to stop something if you don't know it exists after they already pass it. And now they're working on the 2025 and 2036 agendas, and you don't even know they're working on them. They're stealthfully moving forward big time with this, and the American people are just completely ignorant. 
Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, so how do we increase our reach? I don't know any way without money, money, because the only way I know is to get more people involved. And most people care, but they can't dedicate their time to this as much as is needful unless they could, you know, support their family while doing it. Right. Right. And that's becoming harder and harder. Well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be. Look, we gotta have more jobs for conservatives, more people that'll stand up and not fire them. But if I got, you know, thirty grand a month, just say, all it would take is thirty Americans to put in a thousand a month, or thirty thousand Americans to put in a dollar a month, right? And you'd have thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I could hire a staff that way. You know, if we had more money, if 100,000 Americans put a dollar a month in, we'd have 100,000 a month. Just think what we could do. But, see, I can't do it all by myself. It's not possible. And you say, well, Sam, there's a lot of other people doing it, too. I know, and they all struggle for money, too. The more true to the cause the organization is, the less dollars they have. Remember that. Write it down. It's a fact. What? The more true to the cause, the less dollars they have, virtually without exception. I say virtually because I'm sure you can find a point or an example where it's not, you know, fundamentally factual. But for the most part, it's true. If I were to propose, you know, just carry the Republican line, I could get my, everything funded in a heartbeat. If I quit talking about God, I could get it funded in a heartbeat. Not going to do it, folks. I'll just do my best and stand as a testimony at the last day, at the judgment bar of Christ, that we told the tale of truth. We were truth tellers, encouraging everybody to jettison the sword and promote the word of God because God, family, and country are the solutions to the problems we face. Some say, Sam, you make it too simple. I say, I don't think so. You make it too complicated. Chris, final word is yours. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to put our money where our mouths are. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our dirty duty, sir. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, donate liberally, would you please? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.